Hello everyone and welcome back to the next interview in my Successful Entrepreneurs Stories series. Today it's a great pleasure to introduce you to Mark Williams and he is the Chief Executive Officer of an organization called Pensa IT and their tagline is Your Information, Our Technology. So by that you're probably guessing he's an IT company and he's been in business for quite a long time, around 20 years I think, and has developed a very successful business. So it's my pleasure to be interviewing him today and for Mark to hopefully share some of the insights that he's gained and learned in all the years that, that he's been in business as an entrepreneur. So Mark, welcome and thank you for talking to me today. Thank you Adele and uh, good to be here. Brilliant. So firstly, would you please tell my listeners uh, how you came to be uh, the owner uh, of Pensa IT, please. Yeah, certainly. So I was um, I was working in the IT channel in the IT market for about nine years, and was reasonably successful, mainly on the sales side. Um, but I spotted a gap um, for a consultancy and support service. Um, the company I was working for previously couldn't uh, put enough money into that side of the business because the margins on hardware and software were decreasing. So they couldn't really support the service side of the business, which meant that suffered. So um, I saw a gap, and I thought, why not? Well, I thought, what's the worst I can do is have to go and get another job, and I gave it a go. And how long ago was that? That was in 1996. Oh, so I was right. That, that yeah, is, so 20, yeah, 20 years next year. Yes, yes, I thought it was 20 years. So tell me, what were some of the early challenges, the business challenges in particular, and any fears that you may have faced in getting Pencer IT up and running? Well, I guess the challenge that any entrepreneur faces is, you know, the, the, the big question is, will people want to do business with me? Mm. Um, will they actually pay me when they do do business with me? And um, these things are, are something that I'm sure all, all entrepreneurs go through. Um, it eventually took off. And then the, the next sort of logical stage was when I started employing people. And, you know, the big fear there is always, how am I going to pay these people? But we, we, we overcome it. Well, that leads nicely into my next question, actually. So it was around how long did it take before you started growing your business? Because I know you've had quite a number of staff over the years. Um, and what were some of the challenges in growing and scaling your business? Yeah, well, I mean, originally, Adele, it was a, it was a sort of lifestyle business. It was me. Uh, and I was a one-man band doing consultancy and support, mainly around um, the Apple Mac marketplace. Um, but I got busy and I thought, well, am I either going to have to drop some clients or employ somebody? And um, I went down the employment route. Uh, and that was probably around the year 2000. And we built it up from there, you know, first employee, second employee, third employee and so forth. Until 2003, when we got our first office, we'd been a, a virtual organization until that stage. Um, but by 2012, we were up to about 23 people. Up to 2012, and what yeah. happened then? The market took a little bit of a downturn. Uh, there's a bit of stagnation in the market, so we had to downsize accordingly. And we're currently uh, 14 people. Right, okay, so that's a bit of a drop. Was that hard, having to, I'm guessing you had to make people redundant? Well, I think you just, well, so there's, there's always some natural wastage, and I think you have to adapt to the market conditions, you know, businesses that don't adapt don't survive. 
Too true. So what's standing your business apart from others in your market? And I'm guessing your market is pretty competitive, is it? It's very competitive. It's a largely mature market. And uh, the reality is that most IT companies are run by technical people, by technologists. They're people who like the tech, they're early adopters, and they're very comfortable talking about tech. Um, but we, we have always tried to flip it over. So what does IT stand for? It stands for information technology. And we focus on the information because the client's data, that is the information. That's the important thing that we look after. Mm. And that's clearly served you well in, in the growth of your business. Absolutely, Adele, yeah. Mm. So tell me, what are your own key skills and how have they supported you in the success of your business? So the sort of key qualities, I guess, are, I mean, it's, it, being an entrepreneur is about hard work. You know, you, there's all these phrases, you know, work smarter, not harder. But at the end of the day, it's about hard work. So having the, the attitude, the aptitude to, to really work hard. Um, persistence is allied to hard work, obviously, but, you know, not taking no for an answer and, uh, and being persistent. Um, and I guess also from my perspective, the ability to get on with all manner of people from all walks of life. Um, within IT, you, you know, you can be dealing with one moment with the, with the sort of office junior the, or the intern, and the next minute with the, with the CEO. And you need to be able to adapt your, your approach to all different types of people. Right, okay. And in thinking about the skills that, that you have, are you comfortable employing people who have skills that are complementary to your own, or or are they clones of Mark? <laughs> Far from it. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of um, business reading will will say that the one of the main main roles of a CEO is to find and employ people with with better skills and better experience than you. Uh, and I, I've tried to uh, certainly in later years, um, you know, follow that mantra. Um, so I've got a very good COO, my number two, um, who previously ran an IT business similar to Pensar, albeit a smaller scale one, uh, and a very good finance manager. And both of these people, for example, they do stuff, their stuff, at a much higher level than I could do it. Mm. Uh, and I'm quite comfortable with that, to be honest. Well, well actually, you preempted the next question I wanted to ask you, and that was around the finance functions and the operations functions in your business. And clearly, financial management and operations management in a business is critical to scale a business and to be successful. So how critical and successful are they in your business? Well, that, I think they're fundamental now. I mean, one of the, I think one of the biggest reasons for our growth since around 2009 is getting strong financial management in place. You know, like most small businesses, we sort of grew up with a part-time bookkeeper resource. Mm. You know, somebody who would just come in and, and do the books and do the invoices and away they go again. And we'd have an external accountant who would do the, the year-end, maybe some periodic stuff, but mainly just focused around the, you know, the statutory accounts at year-end. Mm. And you think that's sufficient until you see how good it can be. You know, and then around that time, around 2009, 2010, we engaged with a, you know, a mid-size accountant's practice, and we also um, employed internally a qualified finance manager, and our financial systems and performance have improved immeasurably since then, since taking that step. Well, I guess you start looking at not month-end accounts or, at worst, uh, year-end accounts only, but management 
accounts that are pulling the financials apart in a in a way that's meaningful for management right. as opposed meaning to as opposed to being meaningful for how much tax you're going to pay. Yeah, no, absolutely. And every month we get a very granular report that is presented by you know one of the um, members of the accountants team mm -hmm. who comes in and presents to us uh, his uh, his analysis of what happened the previous month. And that's uh, that's really valuable because we can look at what clients are uh, making us money, what where we're maybe losing on certain lines of business or it's with certain clients, and it enables us to take um, take action so that we can make that up the next month or two. Mm. What are your key strategic goals for the business over, say, the next two years? So only one, really, Adele, and that is to increase the EBITDA to 20%. Um, doesn't sound a lot, but in our, in our sector, that is a best-in-class um, marker, best-in-class measurement. Right. And how are you going to do that? Uh, by continually improving what we do to um, make sure that we're always um, procuring products and services at the best possible rates, to make sure that our staff are efficient, uh, that we don't spend unnecessary time on things when we could be doing something else. Uh, and with, with going back to the, you know, the, the sound financial management uh, underpins that. And I guess in your industry, uh, it would be easy for costs to run away in how much time your staff are spending servicing a client. Would I be right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, most mm -hmm. um, most client contracts are on a monthly, monthly recurring basis. Mm. Um, you know, you may have a 12-month contract or a 24-month contract. And you know, the, the reality is, um, to put it rather crudely, some months you'll win and some months you won't. <laughs> Um, but in the over, yeah, in the in the overall scheme of things, during the, the you know the, the the length of the contract, you will you will generally win a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. And what about pricing? Uh, because that's a good way of increasing EBITDA, and that's just to put your prices up. With and I guess with existing clients, where they're on fixed contracts, that's tricky. But what about uh, new business, is there an opportunity with the branding that you've got, the, the positioning in the market, to be um, increasing the prices to yeah, be a premium player? We, we, I mean, we never have made um, any claim to be the, the, you know, the, the lowest priced um, in the marketplace. And it is about selling the quality rather than the, rather than the price. But the reality is that, as I said at the beginning, it's a, it's a mature market and there is, there is price pressure. And it is about doing things um, more efficiently. There's lots of more automation tools within our, you know, within our sector that you have to invest in. But once you've invested in them, you get efficiencies um, by using them. Mm -hmm. So it's being smart about, um, you know, about how you run the business. Mm -hmm. okay. Not necessarily just purely about the price. Yeah I, yeah, I totally understand that. So tell me, can I ask you if you have an exit strategy in place for your business? And if so, what is it? Yes, I do. Um, I'm not one of these people that wants to go on forever. Um, uh, but basically to keep growing the business and increasing that EBITDA until such time as it's, um, it's going to be an attractive proposition for probably a larger version of Pensar, you know, who's looking to acquire and consolidate. And a lot of those um, companies that are, you know, probably said twice our size, they're looking for their growth via... Um, uh, acquisition, acquisition these days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how far away is that for you? Uh, within two years. 
Oh, gosh. Oh, that's great. All being well. <laughs> oh, I wish you great success in that. Dare I Thank ask you. what's going to happen for you after that if you, if you sell by acquisition? Uh, well, I w I'm not going to retire, put it that way, but I'd like to, um, I'd just like to do something else within, within IT. Right. Okay. Uh, as yet, as yet undecided. Right, I understand. Oh, we'll have to interview you in a couple of years again to see what happened. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so tell me, what's been your biggest or most pleasurable um, business success or successes in the 20 odd years you've, you've been in this business? Well, the um, you know the thrill of securing a big deal is always good. You know that that, that thrill never wanes. Um, I'm sure anybody in business um, feels the same. Um, but it's not just about securing those big deals. It's um, you know for me being in business, uh, it's it's been a great journey. Uh, I've met lots of interesting and talented people along the way. Had some fun in doing it as well. I think it's important that you have some fun. Um, and also, uh, I like to try and give back wherever possible. You know, I'm a member of various uh, networking organizations and peer groups where part of the agenda is giving back and maybe sort of semi-coaching younger um, uh, entrepreneurs and younger companies um, to get to, you know, to adopt best practice and so forth. Mm, brilliant. So given that you are acting as a coach mentor to others, uh, and, and I totally support that, um, obviously I do the same, um, have you been coached and mentored in the past or even currently to support you in the development of your business? Yeah, we, we have. Uh, around 2008, 2009, the sort of start of the, uh, the last recession, we realized that if we wanted to carry on growing the business, we needed to do things differently. Uh, and we engaged with a business mentor and he really took us by the scruff of the neck mm -hmm. and improved the way we work across the board, how we recruit, how we market, uh, you know, the financial control systems, absolutely everything. It was it was a tough experience, to be honest, but we needed it at the time, and it did make a, a big difference um, ongoingly. Well, that's actually the sign of a good coach, is it not? I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping your bottom line um, paid for his services over and over again. I, it, it did indeed, it did indeed. <laughs> yeah. Sign of a good coach then. <laughs> um, so based on your experience, if you had three pieces of advice, say, uh, to give a, a person who is thinking about growing a business or, or is in a small business at the moment and, and they're mm -hmm. listening to this and going, wow, I'd love a business with 14, 15 um, people, EBITDA of 20% or more, what would you be saying to them in, in terms of achieving that or, or more? Uh, I'll the number one thing is get financial management in place at an early stage. I know that's a, sometimes a tough call because you have limited resources, but it's one thing that's worth spending the money on. Uh, we, in retrospect, we didn't do it quickly enough, and we, we sorted ourselves out in the end. But I see so many companies that sort of just exist in, the, in this sort of piecemeal manner with a bookkeeper and an occasional accountant, and they don't get any value out of those people, really. Uh, and they don't get the guidance financially that they need. Um, number two would be to network, 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 network. You can never have you know enough contacts. Get yourself out there and network. And again, for some people, that's not easy to start with, but you have to, you know, you have to take the plunge. You have to front up and get your face around and get yourself known to people. And you, you know, you and I probably know Adele. You know, you go to networking groups and networking functions, and it's not necessarily about trying to secure business from someone in the room. It's 
getting your name, your brand, information about your company into the, hopefully into the subconscious of a few people in the room that might be in a position to refer business onto you at some stage in the future. Oh, absolutely. And going to networking events where you're sold to in the room is an immediate turn-off. Absolutely. It, that's not the function yep. no. of, of going to a network. It's about building some connections. That's stage one of a long process. Absolutely. The, the, yeah. the thrusting of a business card into the face is a, an immediate turn-off, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I throw them away when I get <laughs> home <laughs> or get back to my office. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't like that person. I might give them the benefit of, of the doubt occasionally, but oh, it drives me crazy. But that's another story. Yeah. Um, have you got, uh, the, was that a, oh, the third one more. Third one was, is don't give up. Yes. Be persistent. Why is that? Don't give up. Have you, have you had times where you thought it was just a bit too hard oh, and you wanted I'd, to give up? Yeah, of course. I think we all have, you know, uh, you know, find me somebody, who, an entrepreneur that hasn't had those thoughts at some stage, but it's overcoming that. You know, I'm a sort of, and one quality I have is sort of pretty much eternal optimism, mm -hmm. and that's obviously stood me in good stead over the years. Um, because it's um, it's helped me to uh, to not give up. Mm, totally agree. Totally agree. So one final question. I don't know about you, but I plan to be 101 years old, and I'll be working part-time at that point in my life. Very good. And I will be sitting back in my rocking chair from time to time reflecting on life. So if you were sitting next to me at that point, and we were chatting about what's gone before you, what do you think would give you the greatest reason to smile about the life you, you've, um, you've led? Oh, easy question, undoubtedly. Um, you know, that my family have been well cared for and are happy and fulfilled in their lives. That would give me the greatest pleasure. Are you on track to achieving that? I would hope so. <laughs> Good. Right they'll, 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 they'll tell you in, uh, in 50 years' time. <laughs> well, if you've got young kids, they'll probably go, yeah. no, Dad's mean, which is what my 13-year-old yeah. is. But, yeah, yes, I, I understand that point. Look, Mark, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really enjoy um, listening to successful entrepreneurs' stories, and, and yours is a great story too. And, and I wish you great success for, for the next couple of years because clearly you've got a, an exit strategy in place that um, that you're moving on and and given the tenacity and the don't give up attitude that you've got, I'm certain you're going to achieve it. Thank you, Adele. It's been great speaking to you. And I'm sure that there'll be some entrepreneurs listening to this who'll be going, I want some of what he's got. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Lovely. Thank you, Mark. Good to speak to you. Take care. See you. Bye. Bye.